I invite you, you to open your Bibles to the 12th chapter in the book of Genesis. I'd like to read a few verses from Genesis chapter 12. Start out by saying I'm very thankful for the temperatures in the church here this morning. I think most of us are. A few verses in uh, Genesis 12, I'll read verses 1 through 5. Now the Lord has said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curses thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed, as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. We're coming back to that, so you can, if you want to put your finger there, that's fine, but I'd like to read three verses in Hebrews 11. As you're flipping back to Hebrews, this is the faith chapter, and we're talking uh, about Abram here. Hebrews 11, verse 8, 9, and 10. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go into a place which he should receive for an inheritance, obeyed. Now, we're go this is reflecting back to Genesis 12, which I just read. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now you can flip back to Genesis 12 in a few minutes. That's where we're going to start and dig into a few verses there. And my mind was drawn to the account of Abraham as I was thinking about the times of unknown that we face in life. I just read there in Hebrews that Abraham went out not knowing. And I was led to this, just a short, not a story, last Sunday in the prayer room, and this might be a time just to mention that again as well, uh, the men meet downstairs here, and the women meet back every Sunday morning, 8.40. Everyone is invited, uh, just in case. You see that in the bulletin all the time, but just a reminder there. But last Sunday in the prayer room, downstairs, we were asking Jimmy a number of questions. If you remember that, that was before, that when Janessa was in the hospital referring to that. And so uh, the ministry was sitting there asking Jim questions and how is this going to turn out and how about this and how about that. And a lot of the questions he had answers for. But then I don't remember the question was asked, but it kind of led me to this message this morning. A question was asked and Jim said, we just don't know. And that hit me. There are times that we go through life of unknown. Friday morning, Logan went to the hospital. He had to be there at 6 o'clock in the morning. A little bit of unknown. 
a few minutes ago, he said he's doing okay. He's still sore. There's some unknown there. This morning, back to the prayer room again, Ray Weaver mentioned that Mike's going to go for stem cells sometime. Mike, beginning of September, I mean, September sometime. A few weeks ago, Josiah and Brittany had a young boy, young baby boy born, MSUD, some unknowns. Back to Mike again, there's probably some unanswered questions. Did you ever go through the time like that? And God brings you through that. For Jim and Joyce, it's a a new experience. It's a different experience for the family. And there's a lot of unanswered questions. And they're facing the time of unknown. And there may be a situation that you are facing. The Lord may be bringing you through a a time of enduring and of simply not knowing. And it could be, you know, the details or the outcomes to your challenging experience. Or sometimes in uh, visiting with Jim and Joyce, sometimes this also comes up. You ask questions and you get answers, but depends who you ask, you get a different answer. And that doesn't really help because, like, you know, you're looking at a guy who's black and white. Yes, no, right, wrong. I, I tend to, you know... And sometimes you ask this person, you get this answer, you ask this person, you get this answer, and you still don't know. Just what happens is it causes concern. Like, what is the truth? Or what is the right answer? And I believe in in facing times of the unknown, that could be some of the most difficult times in our lives that God has chosen to bring us through. Times of uncertainty are challenging. Why? Because we are a people who like to know the outcome. We are people who like to know the finished results. I'm not going to say we, maybe I should say I, because I don't want to put you all in the same boat. I tend to become, to doubt or become concerned with unanswered questions. If you fit yourself in there, that's fine. But we need to be careful where we allow our minds and our thoughts to go. What happens is doubt will lead to concern. Concern will lead to fear, but fear is not a correct place for a child of God. It happens, but it's not the correct place for us to dwell. 1 Corinthians 14.3, For God is not the author of confusion, and may I add fear and doubt, but he said, but of peace. So God does not bring, he does, nor does he cause confusion, but he does provide peace for our hearts. And I think he wants us to live in peace with each other, and also live with that type of peace in our heart as well. A sign along 897 in Reinholds, they have a sign out, changes from time to time, but there for a while it said, pray more, worry less. And you know how you see signs like that and you start dissecting them. There was a quote I found from Dewey. He says this, to me, faith means not worrying. So that sign said, pray more, worry less, and I like just to be careful with that there. I don't think we should say, okay, I'll just, instead of worrying so much of the time, I'll worry a little bit less, but I think we need to be careful with that. But as humans, back to us, we place a high value on being organized, right? Ladies in the kitchen, men in their shops. For we think being unorganized causes confusion and disorder. So I say that to say when we set out on a trip, whether it be 
travel somewhere for business or for vacation, we have a destination that we plan to reach. Okay, we're leaving uh, Myerstown, and we're going to take this road and end up right there. Or some of you, for example, when you get braces on your teeth, the, the, he get, the doctor gives you a time, okay, we're going to get these on today, then he gives you the exact time when they're coming off. And from what I hear, you look forward to that date. There's a time to get on and a time to take them off. When a doctor puts a cast on a broken bone, you're given a time to come back to get that removed. So you endure for a while, but you look forward to the removal date. When you go to work, there's a starting time and a quitting time for most. A time to go to work and a time you said, okay, we're done, we're going to go back home. A number of you, when you head out in the barn to milk, you know about exactly how long it's going to take you until the chores are finished and so on. What I'm saying is we tend to be governed by time. And along with that, we prefer to be in control of what's going to happen. How many are with me so far? Okay. We, we prefer to be in control of what's going to happen. I don't know why. I'm not going to dissect that and say it's right or wrong, but that's just how, maybe that's just how we were made. So back to some facts in life, there are times of unknown. So go back to Genesis 12 here for a few points. And the first point, okay, I remember what Ted said last Sunday. Ted said, oh, my first two points are boring. I'm not quite sure if I agree with that after I heard his first two points. But my first point here is get out. Abram was, the Lord was speaking to Abram. He said, get thee out of thy country. So how do you think Abram felt when God said, okay, it's time to get out. Abram, leave. But leave what? And he was very clear. You're supposed to leave your home country. You're going to leave all your relatives. And you're going to leave your parents. The Lord is telling Abram, I want you to leave everything that is familiar to you. Now here's the call that he received from the Lord. Abram, I want you to get out of your comfort zone and begin traveling. So God here is challenging Abram to leave, separate himself from the known world today, and follow God's call. And this is quite a command, quite a call. God did not give a reason for the trip. The title of the message this morning is By Faith, which we'll get to that in the third point. But a lot of what, we're, what I want us to think about is just facing times of unknown. So God is saying, get out, but didn't give him a reason. And today, you know, things become our way that we face certain challenges. And God doesn't always tell us, why? As here, he did not tell Abram why. God did not provide Abram with the destination. He didn't say, Abram, you're going to go right here. No. But the word that he received was, Abram, you're going to get out and go to a land that I will show you. In other words, Abram, could have, this could have been a quote from God. Abram, go, just go and leave the details with me, God. And that's exactly what, he, what we see here. And maybe sometimes we find ourselves in verse 1. You feel, that, you feel the hand of God directing you, but you're not sure where you're going to end up. You're not sure of your final destination. So as you ponder that, we tend, I, we tend to hesitate to make the move. And if I can say so, we delay our obedience. But the end of verse 1 is key. Yes, God told him to go. And God does not get us moving and then leave us to find our way on our own. But the God of comfort is telling us here this morning, as he told Abraham in verse 1, I will take care of you. 
Yes, Abram, I ask you to go on a journey. And yes, there will be unknowns, but I will be with you. He said in this way, I will show you. So the, the fear or the concern of the unknown quickly disappears when we are reminded of what God told Abram. And that same promise applies to us today. And it is this, child, I will show you the way. So what did we learn so far? God might take you on a journey, not tell you your destination, and not tell you why. But that thought should not bring fear or concern into our hearts because God also promised here, child, I'm going to be with you. And now we can take our steps with confidence. Next we see a list of I wills. It seems like God didn't start talking, stop talking after verse 1. He keeps on talking through verse 3. And it is clear to me that he knew exactly how Abram was going to respond to what God told him to do. So God said, yeah, I'm going to show you the way. Then a few I wills. And here I think we see, and we can say it this way, which was talked about in our Sunday school lesson last Sunday. It was made mention. It said, here we see how blessings follow obedience. Blessings follow obedience. God said, Abram, I will make your name great. God was going to call the people group to become out of the seed of Abraham. He said, I will bless you. God promised he's going to bless all nations because of Abram's uh, obedience. I will, for, uh, the third one is taken from verse 1, God promised him that he will send him to the promised land, the land of Canaan. And he said, this is what I'm asking of you, and because of your response, Abram, this is what I'm going to uh, give you. And I think we all agree that our obedience to God is not based upon the blessing that we're going to receive. I think Abraham was aware of that as well. But we follow God for a number of reasons, and it primarily is our love for him, combined with our desire to please him. Also, we enjoy the communication with God and the relationship that we have with God. Along with that, we understand that disobedience will separate us from God. So why are we obeying God? Why are we following God? Because that's where we want to be. That's where we want to be. We want to have that relationship with God. We want to communicate with Him. And disobedience will draw us apart. So we obey, not because we fear Him. However, He, can, he does punish. But we obey Him in order to maintain our level, or may I add, grow in our level of communication with Him. I trust here this morning each one has that desire within for a close relationship with God. And that will stem, that will be evident by your obedience to God. So as we think about our life should be revolved around God. But if we take God out of, out of the equation in our lives, if we just said, you know what, we're walking away from God, we're going to go do our own thing, we are left with absolutely nothing. So the first point we had was, Abraham telling uh, God telling Abraham to get out. And then uh, the second point we have comes from verse 4, and that is point number 2, so Abram departed. And folks, this is beautiful. In studying, I read that Abraham's dem Abraham demonstrates one of the greatest examples of faith in the Bible. And that could be someone's opinion. You could talk about some other people who had great faith as well. But that person said he demonstrates one of the greatest examples of faith. He believed against all odds, and he endured in his faith. Abraham, was, his faith was an obedient and a believing faith. 
a faith that genuinely obeyed and believed God. I love to learn from Bible characters and what, as we look at their life, what we can learn from them. And here is a, a good one as well. But obedience, we look and hear how he departed. He followed the instruction that God had given him. And verse, uh, verse 4 tells us at that time he was 75 years old. I'm not suggesting this morning that we go home and pack our bags and leave the country. Although I wouldn't be completely opposed to it. But the point we need to see here is faith in God regardless of the unknown. We didn't live back in the Bible times. I'm not sure how it was that he didn't have maps and everything to know where he was going or even an idea of who lived in that part of the country where the direction that he was headed. But that didn't matter. Abraham said, God, you're telling me to go. Go is what I will do. But what I want to look at is faith in God regardless of the unknown. 2 Corinthians uh, 6, 17, 18. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Did you notice there how the promise follows the heels of the call? Come out. Be separate. Keep yourself pure. And then God will do his part. And that's the beautiful thing about in our lives today. When we're obedient, God will take care of the rest. If we're following his direction, we have nothing to fear. So Abraham went out, and as we see there in Hebrews, he went out not knowing where he was going, but following the one who knew. So what Abraham, God called, he acted immediately. Abraham did not hesitate. He did not argue. He did not question, but he simply obeyed. And then why is he such an example of faith? A quote from a name I cannot pronounce. My apologies. You cannot have faith and tension at the same time. And tension, we could change the tension word to anxiety or whatever. But if God's calling you to go and you have faith, you're not going to say, whoa, what about, what about, what about? No, 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 no. Abraham did not. Faith and tension, you cannot have them at the same time. So what is the call this morning? Just that unsurrendered, I mean, unwavering faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine Abram there in, in, in his homeland, parents, family, Lot was there with him, uh, all his herds, his farm, ranch, so to speak, call it what you will. And one day God said, he said, Sure. True faith is combined with utmost peace. So when we have faith in God, we will not fear. Think about it this way. A person who truly believes God obeys God. Another fact to consider, while we may not know where our faith will lead us, there is no fear in following God. And some of you here this morning saying, well, you're not sure what I'm facing. And the weavers will understand completely. And I, just this week, I had, was facing some of the unknown. And it is that small and minuscule compared to what you are facing that I decided I'm not even going to bring it up. Not to bring, put you, it's, just, it's a small thing. And it all worked out. It's all good. And I'm not saying I understand some of the things, but just if, 
if when we're following God, we have no reason to fear. We say, sometimes we say, God is good, only good and always good. God is good, and he only has good things in store for those who follow him. What does Romans tell us? All things work together for good to those who love the Lord. And what I'm trying to do is build up your confidence and your trust and your faith in the Lord. Tomorrow you might face something like some others are facing, like how is this going to turn out? But knowing that God is in control. So if we're going to put all our faith in God, that's where we need to be. But if we decide to draw back, if we say we're not going to believe or we're going to follow God, we're going to miss out on the promises that he has intended for us. God has promises intended for you. So God called Abraham to go to a better place, upgrading, if you will, and he left and uprooted and left. And I believe verse 4 in Genesis 12 there is the reason that Abraham is mentioned back in Hebrews 11. So you can go back to Hebrews 11 for our, uh, our third point, and that is by faith. And this is, we talk a lot about this being the faith chapter. So obviously faith is the main subject here. But what is faith? What is, if you say you have faith, what is it that you have? I'll take a, um, a definition from D.L. Moody. Real faith, real true faith, I'm sorry, real true faith is man's weakness leaning on God's strength. But you notice what's happening there. We're taking who we are in our weakness and just casting our care upon him, which he calls us to do, cast all your care upon me. That's what God is asking for us to do. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What does that mean? Faith is the substance which has been described as the actual possession of things that we hope for. And the evidence or the, and the reality of things not seen. It's both an act and a possession of things believed. It's believing and trusting in that which actually exists, in things we can actually get our hands on and possess. However, at the same time, we will not be able to see it, but it's real and exciting. And we can possess it by believing and having faith in it. Faith is complete trust and confidence in God. Complete trust and confidence in Him. We cannot see God. We cannot see Him. But we have faith and believe in Him because He truly and actually exists. Faith is also trusting God, trusting that God is, and also trusting everything that, everything that He says. For myself, if you hear or read the news, sometimes I question what I'm reading. Is that really true? Is that actually the truth? Who actually who wrote that? And so we kind of read between the lines and we believe part of it and uh, question the other part. But that's not the way it is with God. If we're going to have faith in him and believe everything that he says, we, as we believe in him, we trust in him, we take his word at face value and we believe every word we say, we read. We doubt nothing because he is worthy of our confidence and our trust. Evans has it this way, faith is not a sense, nor sight, nor reason. So it's not, it's not sense, nor sight, nor reason, but he said, but taking God at his word. And that's exactly what Abraham did there. God said he did. And that's what God's calling us today. God says we do. 
And yes, we want to be in control. We want to make sure that we know how things are going to work out. But God says, no, just trust me and I'll help you through it all. Faith is believing everything that we hear in his word. When we read the Bible, we don't question the content because we know it is truth. Faith is having our confidence in our Father God. There again, some people tend to put high uh, trust on insurance companies and insurance policies, but, and we're not going to go there. There are some that we are required by law to have and understand that, but we don't put our stocks in that. Say, yeah, yep, don't worry about it. My insurance company will take care of it. We need to say we don't have anything to worry or fear. God will take care of it. There's no reason to question the authority of God, for he is God. J. O. Fraser, a missionary to China, said this, Faith is like muscle which grows stronger and stronger with use, not, rather than rubber which weakens when it's stretched. So is your faith strong today? And I hope tomorrow will be stronger yet, and Tuesday stronger yet, and Wednesday continue just to get stronger and stronger. Faith, as described in Romans 11, 1, is not saying, I think so, or I hope so. It is not saying, it may be so, it may not be so. It is not saying, it might be true, it might not be true. That's not what we read there in Hebrews 11.1. 1. And this type of thinking is not an expression of actual true faith. This is not the type of thinking that, that moved Abraham. That'd be, like, I'd be as, as vague as saying, you know, it might rain this afternoon and it might not, indicating either way it was fine. But no, faith is actually believing. True faith is knowing. Now, bear with me. It's not always knowing the fine details of the situation that we are in. There's many details or unanswered questions like we were talking about. It, it might not be knowing some of that small stuff, but what is it? It's knowing and it's placing our confidence in the only one who knows the future. And that's where God wants us to be. Although it's hard to go through them times that we're talking about because we're not sure what's going to happen tomorrow or Tuesday or Wednesday. But we know who is in control of them days. Placing absolute complete faith in God and that takes the guesswork out of our daily journey through life. And God doesn't want us to guess at that. He wants us just to say, you know, I'll, tell you, I'll put it my all on you. Faith is like a child jumping off a tree branch into his father's outstretched arms because the child knows that the jump will end up safely. So sometimes we talk about taking a leap of faith. God might have you in a position. You've got to just take a leap of faith. Just jump. But recognizing that God is there. Hebrews 11.8, here we have by faith. Look carefully. And here we see faith in action. By faith, because of faith, because of his faith in God, first of all, he was called, we saw back in Genesis 12, and then by faith, he obeyed. And that is just so, so beautiful. Faith in God and obedience to his voice go hand in hand. I don't think we can say we have one without the other. Lack of faith will lead to lack of obedience, which leads to doubting, and in, in, in reality, we will be questioning the authority of God. But last couple Sundays we studied about Jonah. Just compare Abraham and Jonah for a second. You know, God spoke to both. One followed, the other fled. One trusted, the other didn't feel God was big enough to help with the task. One was blessed, the other spent 72 hours in the belly of a great fish. There we have kind of the opposites. Where are you? Where 
am I at today? Abraham went out, and here we have it. He went out not knowing, traveling towards an unknown destination. He was looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. And I come to the point in my notes, I just like to say, and I have preachers say it sometimes, if you forget everything else that I said, just zero in real quick here. Abraham was so closely connected to God that nothing mattered to him other than following God's direction in his life. It's just a beautiful picture of complete faith in God. It is true that Abraham did not know where he was going, but he was following the one who knew, and that was simply enough for this man's faith. And then a little bit more in Abraham. Later, he was, he was promised a son, and Isaac was born. In Genesis 22, God talks to Abraham again. said, Abraham, get out. Go offer your son upon a certain hill for me. Go sacrifice your son. A lot of unanswered questions. This was the promised son he waited for for so long. And now God's saying, go sacrifice him. Unanswered questions. But nonetheless, Abraham followed through until God well, sent his angel and said, whoa, 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 Abraham, do that son no harm. For now I know that thou fearest God. Faith and trust in God is what we see in his life, even through times of the unknown. You may not be facing, and you are not, and maybe never will, but you're, you're not, maybe not be facing the situation that Janessa is facing. And maybe God has called you to another type of trial. And there's a possibility you don't know what tomorrow holds. But just sit back and, and think about this. We need to remember that no one... There's no one here this morning that has even promised tomorrow. While most, myself included, we have plans for tomorrow, but those plans could change. And as we say sometimes, tomorrow never comes. But what really matters is that we are placing our faith in the one who holds tomorrow. Then everything else will be okay. And many times, if not all the times, <clears throat> in the life of a Christian, facing a time of unknown actually draws us closer to the Lord. And this is not saying that when we're facing a trial that we're far away from the Lord. Not saying that at all. But how does this all work? You see, we prefer, again as humans, to know, to know what, when, where, and how everything's going to work out. And whether... Whatever challenge we may find ourselves in, I mean, we cannot answer those questions, what do we do? And it's, I'm not saying we turn to God at a last-minute resort, but where do we turn? And we do turn to God. And it's no matter how small the challenge may be, we turn to God. And the challenge I was talking about is, was very, very small, and I turned to God. But that's God saying, you know, maybe... Just turn it over to me. So then with unreserved surrender and with we full-heartedly commit the situation to God's hand. Why? Because we cannot handle it. Why? Because we know he can. So God might be saying, brother or sister, bear with me. 
so you can see who I am. Then similar to Abraham, we tell God, here I am, Lord, which direction should I go? Moving on, in verses 10 and 11 here, Abraham was willing to forsake the comforts of home and to be a traveling stranger, living in a tent. Why? Because his sights were not set on earthly possessions, but rather on a heavenly city whose builder and maker is God. Revelation twenty-two fourteen, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into that city. Please allow me to mention something Ted said last Sunday. I think it had a little bit earlier, but he said, remember him, maybe not word for word, but he said something like this, this world has nothing to offer us. If I remember, remember right, he says, I expect nothing from this world. But then he said, if we push God aside, we are left with absolutely nothing. So God has you here, and this morning you're here. The world outside has nothing to offer. And if we push God aside, what do we have left? And I thank you that you're here this morning. I thank you for your interest in, in, in the Word of God. But we need just to rely on God. He put us here for a reason, each one of us. But also at the same time, so we just can rely and have faith and trust in Him. Psalm 56, 3 and 4. What time I am afraid, I will trust in Thee. In God, I will praise His Word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Way back in the book of Psalms, oh, to have faith and trust in God. In my personal devotions, I'm reading through the book of Daniel, very familiar chapters to, to each one of us, even to the children. But Daniel and his three friends faced a challenge in their life, and they did not know how it was going to turn out. But their faith in God didn't waver, even though death seemed to be the outcome of their situation. And I read over that and concluded with this. They were, if I can say, politely blunt with the king, and they were completely surrendered to the Lord. And in the end, they were well rewarded for their faithfulness. A few verses. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up. And I kind of jumped in, but you know the story. Now, if ye be ready, at what time ye hear the sound of all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made? Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And then he made a big mistake. He said this, Nebuchadnezzar did, And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? <coughs> Excuse me. Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, and this is beautiful. We're talking about faith. We're talking about three men outside the door of death. Most likely they could see the fire and the furnace at this point. With all the people bowing down, thousands I suppose, and here they are. And they said this, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Why well, I said they were uh, politely blunt. They said this, if it be so, and I love it, our God, 
whom we serve, he is able to deliver us out of that burning fire furnace. How did they know that? They'd never been in there before. It goes back to their faith in God. And he said, and he will deliver us out of that hand, O king. And in verse 18, but if not, if God chose not to, so be it. Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And you know what happened. They were thrown in, but they walked back out. An unwavering faith in God. If God decided to rescue us, fine. If not, so be it. We will not. We will refuse to worship your idols. And that, that was just a beautiful part there. It just inspired me. What are you facing? Are you facing the furnace? Probably not. It may feel that way. But just turn up the, the heat of your faith and trust in God. Closing with a few quotes here. A song I'm going to read and one verse. Patrick Henry, I have now disposed all of my property to my family. There is one thing more I wish I could give them, and that is faith in Jesus Christ. If they had that, and I had not given them one shilling, they would be rich. And if they had not that, and I give them all the world, they would be poor indeed. So we need to place high value on our faith in Jesus Christ. D.L. Moody, it is not to have faith in this church, this doctrine, or that man, but to have faith in the man, Jesus Christ, at the right hand of God. That is the only faith that will ever save a soul. Another familiar quote from a, from a man that we know, that we heard of, is Mr. Isaac Watts. Put it this way, I believe the promises of God enough to venture an eternity on them. Is that where we are at this morning? Is your faith in God unwavering through times of unknown? Lee, do not have to change your song that you have picked. That's all good. I just like to read this one song. This came to me. It's... Uh, Oh, for a faith that would not shrink. And I, I read, Oh, for a faith that would not shrink, though pressed by many a foe, that will not tremble on the brink of any earthly woe, that will not murmur nor complain beneath the chastening, the chastening rod, but in the hour of grief or pain can leap upon its God. A faith that keeps a narrow way to life till life's last spark is fled, and with a pure and holy ray lights up a dying bed. Lord, give me such a faith as this, and then whatever may come, I'll taste them here, the hallowed bliss of an eternal home. And my call there is to have a faith that will last unto the end. And there's a one verse here in Psalm 20. And it's simply this, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Let's pray. Father God, we just bow before you this morning. Lord, help us to have that kind of faith that will not shrink. Help us to have that kind of faith that gets stronger and stronger with use. Help us, Lord, to have the faith of Abraham, who didn't doubt nor question nor fear, nor have doubt or concern, but just followed obediently. 
Lord, just help us to be that kind of people. I, too, want to pray for Janessa again this morning, Lord, and I just pray for her healing, God. Pray she can stand strong through this time, be with the Weaver family as well. Thank you for your word and the characters in your word which we can look at and follow in a pattern our lives after. Lord, may we be strong in the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. In your name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen.